With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton. Old times are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. Singing fellas. Oh, I wish I was in Dixie.
<laughs> oh man, doesn't that just get you? Doesn't it just get you right here when the king performs Dixieland? Good evening, folks. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Welcome to another fun-filled hour of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I have my um, substitute host here who's functioning tonight as my co-host. What a big surprise. What a great surprise. Cool Mike, who will be taking over the show for me as I go away on vacation starting on the 22nd. So uh, glad to have you, Cool Mike. Can you hear me okay? Mike. Yeah. I guess he'll be back uh, shortly. Let me just make sure we got him here. No, I was here. You just ah. had me muted. Sorry, Doc. Ah, sorry about that. Well, okay. thanks for having me. I wanted to uh, wanted to surprise you. I won't be able to be with you tomorrow, but I thought it would be cool mm-hmm. if we did one show before you uh, took off. It's getting to be a ritual. I stood in for you last week, and or last mm-hmm. year, excuse me, and here I am again. Well, I'm glad that you're here. I was uh, it was taking it down to the wire. I know G-Ski uh, said that he would help out if he could, but uh, you know it's it's really nice to have um, you know to have you back. And you know it it well it it's actually a mis- mixed blessing. Uh, cool, Mike. I'll be honest with you, because whenever I go away and you fill in for me, I come back and it's like, hey, wait, where's Cool Mike? Well, what are you doing here? Yeah, right. All right. Well, we're going to do some we're going to have fun tonight and uh I got some good things lined up for the future um as far as while you're gone. Yeah. I'm having the president of Hillsdale College um mm-hmm. and a individual from my high school um who is a coach down there is uh kind of a kind of a liaison to him and mm-hmm. uh, we we're able to pull that off and we're, I'm going to just kind of bring some other blog talk uh shows in under different categories, music education and we're going to have them on as guests, just do some different things. But that's then. Tonight, this is tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing um hearing um what you what you uh what you put out there as I uh, get into places like uh St. Thomas or places like that where I get a really good connection for, you know, no cost. But but uh I I know that uh, that your shows are always great and everybody's uh, you know, they they just they just love it, you know, wherever you are, you know, whether you're with uh, G-Ski, uh, uh, Southern Sense, G-G-T, or GGT, yeah, or yeah. Southern Sense, or even when you were with uh, w- with Perry, I know, um, you know, y- 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 you just do great shows. You're you're a really great uh, blog talk host, but let's get the, let's get this started. Yeah. First, question, first question we want to ask right here and now is why do liberals especially hate black Republicans? There's something about African Americans who are also Republicans that really seem to piss off left wingers. Black Republicans face ridicule from liberals in general, even from other blacks specifically. But but more so than the usual liberal versus conservatives, Dem versus Republicans fighting blacks who learn right, who who lean right are are, are conservative, and vote Republican or libertarian are especially singled out, as if Democrats own the black vote and always expect blacks to side with them. What do you think about that? Well, a robot is wound up, and it goes in the direction it's told. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Doc, we have individuals, not only like yourself, but J.C. Watts, just plenty of them out there, plenty of examples out there. And uh, guess what? 
Uh, Clarence Jones isn't listening to the direction of his master, and neither is many of the other people. And it, it, for many, many years, it was always a, uh, I don't know, a, I don't want to say a dream, but it was kind of goals for uh, people, for their children who were uh, African or black, to go to colleges, etc. So here they are. They're graduates of college. They're running businesses. They're thinking on their own. Uh, but they're not thinking according to the law of uh, Maxine Waters and many of the other uh, robot programmers, I should say. Well, uh, you, know, you know what? You're exactly right. And it seems to me that people can be downright nasty to black Republicans. Anytime a black person rises high in the Republican Party or is granted a prominent, highly visible public office as a Republican, i.e. Condoleezza Rice or even Colin Powell, they're criticized by liberals and often by other blacks as being, quote, Uncle Tom's, end quote, or, quote, token blacks, end quote. When a black person chooses to be a Republican, we see a lot of nastiness and closed and closeted racism that come out from the Democrats. Uh, also, smears against um, themselves and their family. I mean, Herman Cain was a perfect example, um, somebody who was very competitive, uh, who, until he became a threat, mm-hmm. out of the closet come five million girlfriends, who uh, half of which Herman Cain didn't even know who they were. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, a, uh, that, that's just a perfect example. And it, it, it's almost a sad, it, it's really almost sad, instead of cheering many people, you know, thank God for choices. Thank God for people who think the way they do, although we disagree with some of the people on the far left or left in general. But, I mean, to all of a sudden now you're calling Herm Cain's grandmother and mom. They they must not be real blacks. They must, yeah. Where did they go wrong with him? Those type of hurtful remarks really indicate that I think an awful lot of people um, who for many, many years claim to uh, – um, be wanting to help the tree of the black community grow and nurture, really want to just be the gardeners and control what, how high it grows and be able to snip it And when they want. And when they're finding out people aren't, uh, their only alternative to these free-spirited, free-minded, uh, many who really are very successful in not just the business world but in the political world. Alan, Alan, uh, Alan West is a real perfect example. Um, who's someone who is is very focused, but they resort to uh, basically um, any name you can think of. The N word isn't even isn't even bad enough for these people. I mean, they smear their family and they smear them on. And it, it, Doc, it's just it's really a, a sign of uh, a, just I don't know what kind of sign it is, but it's just basically they can't what they can't control. They try to blacken, uh, so other people will just continue to think. Um, you know, that person uh, is a racist, and that person's not really black. You know, speaking of the N-word, I was really shocked to hear that the black singer and Democrat, Harry, Harry Belafonte, activist as well, went so far as to call Colin Powell a house N-word for being a Republican and serving in President Bush's cabinet. Belafonte said something similar about Condoleezza Rice. And she stuck up for herself saying, I don't need Harry Belafonte to tell me what it means to be black. Even though Belafonte is black himself, he showed his nasty racist side by being down on other blacks with different views, different political views, and and different beliefs. Now, when Obama was making his way to becoming the first black president 
uh, liberals blasted black Republicans for not supporting him. And, and, and here's the rub. Do all black liberals vote for conservative? Do, 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 do all black conservatives vote for conservative Alan Keyes whenever he runs for president? Hell no. Just because he's black? Not at all. Alan Keyes was running for president before Obama. And I don't remember Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton or any of those folks coming to his side just because he's black. You know, it, it, it's true that blacks in America tend to vote as a block and stand by Democrats. But, it, but it's, it's a relatively recent move. And this is where we get into the subject about the uh, Republican Party and 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 and, uh, and and being black's true friends because we're gonna we're gonna play a clip a clip in just a minute to, that uh, gives a little bit of the history of the black uh, how the Republican Party got started and why you know uh, blacks were solidly Republican since the time of Abraham Lincoln and the prominent uh, black civil rights activists and abolitionists of the 19th century uh, were solidly Republican. Including Frederick uh, Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, and Booker T. Washington. Now, I, I, I got a I got a message on Facebook from Colonel um, a, a Marine Colonel who uh, who uh, served with me in the Marine Corps. And as I put the topic of this uh, of this show into the page, he said, "Well, yeah, that's true. Blacks were Republicans, but that was right up until the time of the Civil Rights Movement." You know, and but once the civil rights movement took hold, uh, a lot of blacks went uh, Democrat, which seems to me, Mike, to be even worse, because Southern Democrats were the ones who were uh, causing all the trouble. Well, and it is it is your standard of any. We always like to say when Democrats are losing a debate, they start mm-hmm. the name calling, but it's standard for everyone. And, you know, uh, Harry Belafonte, who I really dislike because when he called uh, Condi Rice a house Negro, he also he, – no, he called her a nigger, actually. And he, mm-hmm. he referred as an educated, as if somehow that is uh, – because um, she went to Notre Dame, yeah. of course, I love. Is it as if somebody being educated, is, is it, it makes you less of a black person? I mean, just what? A, what, I would have loved to just spit in his face when – Basically, th- these are these are the roots that you want to plant, because these people will reach out and help others who don't have those opportunities. But for some reason, because they think differently politically, you resort to the name call. Not just the name calling, doctor smears. There's exactly, M- Mike. Do you think that Harry Belafonte would call Frederick Douglass a house nigger? Or or or, uh, or, the, the, or 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 sell out or an Oreo. Do you think that uh, Harry Belafonte would call Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, or Booker T. Washington any of these names all solidly Republican, and probably well, Doc, still would be if they were still here? Here's uh, you're a Marine. Let me let me put it to you this way: Birds of a feather flock together. Look at the crowd he keeps. And there's your answer. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. Black Republicans ran for political office, pushed for Republican candidates, and stuck with Republican ideas right through the 1950s and 1960s. Even Martin Luther King was a Republican. And, and, and Colonel Ray, uh, one of my good friends from the Marine Corps, uh, go way back, stated that, yeah, Dr. King was a Republican. But right up until the civil rights movement, no, Dr. King never stopped being a Republican. 
and he did not endorse either Democrat or Republicans. He believed that clergy should not get involved in those sorts of things, not endorse any particular candidate for any party. That was his belief. He was Republican, and so was his dad. And that surprises a lot of people. And King's legacy, the Southern, the Southern uh, Christian Leadership Conference, remains conservative on certain issues like family values and standing against uh, gay marriage. But uh, nobody talks about these things. In a lot of ways, um, some of these topics are only for the elite blacks to talk about. It's not mm-hmm. for people like Dr. Jones or whomever it may be. It's for the powers that be, the uh, Jesse Jacksons, the Maxine Waters. Who's the guy you hate, the one who's looked dirty all the time? He's got those broken glasses. Oh, um, my God. Is that Cornell West? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Whenever I see him, Doc, I'll start laughing. People will think I'm drunk or something. They'll be like, why are you laughing? I'm just thinking of Doc Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to slap him around every once in a while, but he, uh, he tends to uh, – you know, get down on Obama every once in a while. So uh, it's the only reason why he, you know, he's not missing another tooth, um, <laughs> you know, right about now. Um, but there's a perfect example. It's 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 as if somehow to be a spokesperson uh, mm-hmm. or a leader of the black community, you have to think this way. When all along the term diversity is loved to be used in the Democratic Party. Well, where is the diversity? There yeah. is none. Clarence Jones or uh, or uh, Condi Rice, who, by the way, I love Condi Rice. She is. Oh, I, do I, I disagree with her a lot politically, but she is a great Notre Dame graduate. She's the articulate speaker, and mm-hmm. you know when she talks, she can talk to an idiot. She doesn't use these huge words that people are like uh, <laughs> well, uh, that. Yeah. A lot of people like to. Not to mention J.C. Watt. I mean, the list J. is C. endless yeah. of yeah of great role models. I mean, isn't this what we want? Well, well yeah, we, but we want mm-hmm. them to think differently. You're you're exactly right. So let's let's go ahead and run down a short list of some prominent black Republicans. The first on the list has to be Colin Powell, and then Dr. Condoleezza Rice, the second Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, Rat Pack crooner Sammy Davis Jr., Alan Fletcher, Alan Keyes. Samuel Fuller was the self-made businessman president of the United Negro Basketball League and headed up a chapter of the NAACP, Republican. Don King, of course, boxing promoter who put on major fights with Muhammad Ali, including the Thriller in Manila and the Rumble in the Jungle. Ida Ida Wells, co-founder of the NAACP, Republican. Dr. Mildred Faye Jefferson, first black woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School, she became a pro-life activist and Republican political candidate. Larry Elder, radio talk show host, author, and Republican activist. Michael Steele, of course, we know about him, chairman of the Republican National Committee at one time. Some blacks realize that Republicans who stand for individual liberty, school vouchers and charters and business freedom can do a lot more good for everyone, including blacks. But Democrats, you know... The thing about Democrats is they would rather you not stand on your own because if you do so, you'll realize that you don't need – you don't need the Democrats. I mean and, – and, and their power, the base of their power comes from them convincing blacks – 
that you need me. You need me because I can give you things for free. And all you have to do is support me, vote for me, give me power, own dominion over you, and I'll give you stuff in return. Well, and the belief that the federal government, Michelle Obama in particular, is mommy daycare, lunch care, um, they're, you know, they put you to bed, they wake you up, they change your diaper, they wipe your booty when you go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that they can take care of you in your elder years, in your golden years, uh, j- just do whatever. The federal government is going to be there for you. Um, this is a, This is just another part of trying to make people... Um, and the, this is more, it, it really goes after the vulnerable people is what it is, the people who really can't defend themselves or take care of themselves. It's another one of these manipulations to basically surrender some of the, the civil rights and your you know, your God-given rights away to the federal government. That's um, exactly, you're exactly right. Go ahead. No, that, my, my comment is these, uh, there's an old saying that God gave the life, so God's really the only one who can take it. That, mm-hmm. That's a belief for those who don't support capital punishment. We can argue that another day. But the bottom line is, um, okay, if God created this life, uh, I don't think it's anywhere written you surrender it to the United States federal government, i.e. Michelle Obama and her lunch program. Uh, oh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but it has to be healthy now. She can She can eat a steak. You know, with with a big baked potato with lots of sour cream and chives, which is causing my mouth to water, oddly enough. Um, but you can't have that because it's not good for you. So, yeah, you're exactly right. So let's take a moment and review the history of the Republican Party, and then we'll take it from there. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. And Thomas Jefferson's party, the Democratic Party had become the majority party in Congress. With this new party in charge, a change in congressional policy emerged. Recall that the 1789 law prohibited slavery in a federal territory. In 1820, the Democratic Congress passed the Missouri Compromise and reversed that earlier policy, permitting slavery in almost half of the federal territories. Several states were subsequently admitted as slave states, and for the first time since the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution, Slavery was being officially promoted by congressional policy. Several other pro-slavery laws were also passed by Democrats in Congress, including the 1850 Fugitive Slave Law. That law required Northerners to return escaped slaves back into slavery or else pay huge fines. In many instances, the law became little more than an excuse for Southern slave hunters to kidnap free blacks in the North and carry them into slavery in the South. Because the Fugitive Slave Law allowed free blacks to be carried into slavery, This law was disastrous for blacks in the North, and as a consequence of the atrocious provisions of this democratic law, some 20,000 blacks in the North completely left the United States and fled to Canada. In fact, the Underground Railroad reached the height of its activity during this period, helping thousands of slaves escape from slavery in the South all the way into Canada simply to escape the reach of the Democrats' fugitive slave law. In 1854, the Democratic-controlled Congress passed another law strengthening slavery, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, thus allowing slavery to be introduced into parts of the new territory where it previously had been forbidden, thereby increasing the national area in which slavery would be permitted. Following the passage of these pro-slavery laws in Congress, 
In May of 1854, a number of the anti-slavery Democrats in Congress, along with some anti-slavery members from other political parties, including the Whigs, Free Soilers, and Emancipationists, they formed a new political party to fight slavery and secure equal rights for black Americans. The name of that party? They called it the Republican Party. They called it that because they wanted to return to the principles of freedom and equality first set forth in the governing documents of the Republic before the pro-slavery members of Congress had perverted those original principles. So there you have it, Mike. We're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and tonight we're talking about blacks, Republicans, why Republicans are blacks' best friend. So there you have it. The Republican Party established... Now, this is not an opinion. I know that a lot of black folks like to say, well, that's your opinion. No, no, no. These are facts, historical facts that are well documented. The Republican Party was started with the, with the express purpose of liberating blacks and returning to the Republican uh, – the, the, the individual freedoms. The Republican Party was established for that purpose, and yet today m- the majority of blacks – are Democrat. There are t- literally thousands of examples of Republicans, of, of, of Democrats, uh, 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 perverting the, 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 the individual God-given rights of black folks throughout the history of this country. Not so Republicans, but the majority of blacks are Democrat. Why? Well, who was it who said, Doc, uh, this will ensure that the black vote will be Democrat for 50 years? No, no, no. It was it was it was 200 years, and it was President President Johnson. President Johnson uh, finagled uh, uh, Democrats in the House and in the Senate to vote for his civil rights legislation, and he got it passed, and blacks applauded him. Oh, wow. Johnson, you're such a great guy. We love you, man. This is why we're going to vote Democrat, because you're so great. But it was actually Richard Nixon who really put everything into play. Johnson got the credit for signing the legislation, but it had no teeth until Richard Nixon came in and really uh, made, made an effort, a dramatic effort to enforce the laws that Johnson put into play. But as Johnson signed the documents into law, he was he he was heard to say by several folks, and it, it is recorded. Now we'll have those niggas voting Democrat for the next two hundred years. If you if you go back in history, starting with Eisenhower, uh, you will find that more Republicans uh, have gotten grants for starter programs for businesses for minorities of all kinds. Uh, just a small business, uh, many biz companies that are thriving today started with Republicans helping these people with grants, whether it's blacks or the Latinas, or just a poor white person, period. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you will find out with Barack Obama and everyone's very favorite, Bill Clinton, yeah. you had to be one of them in order to get any type of assistance starting your own company. You had to be, you had to be a booty kiss or you had to be a friend of a friend of a friend. Whereas when you, if you really look back, Ronald Reagan, um, who I, I always argue is not a balanced budget conservative, but Ronald Reagan planted a lot of money into companies right now that employ many that are not that started out as tiny companies and are now big. 
No, they never get any credit for that. The Repub- the Republicans are always the slave owners. They're 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 always the bad people with the black hat riding in in town to burn it up. You know the bad cowboys and all that stuff. No matter what they do, because you have television that uh, basically is uh, democratically owned and manipulated, and you also see in many television shows shows there's sublineal messages. But in in fact, it it really does plant poison among the people that. If you are a conservative Republican or if you're a conservative period, somehow um, you get labeled. Uh, yeah, he's black, but Dr. Jones doesn't this or, you know, whoever it is. If you just don't think standard among the uh, the black line of liberalism, you are only black by skin but not black from within. And that's a tactic that's been, been being used for hundreds of years. They just get away with it because they have the media. Not to mention, um, if somebody like Alan West says something wrong, uh, you know, he's, he's got to apologize. He's all over TV. On top of that, Doc, when Harry Belafonte's sitting there swearing, calling people all kinds of epithets, everyone was always laughing, even, even among the other Democrats. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cool. What's up? But, you know, it, it's totally different. Which shows the triple standard that is that is uh, that it exists, and not only that, um, yeah. On your on your intro show, there's a black running for president. How yeah. much publicity does he get? He gets if none. He calls, yeah, if he calls CBS or NBC or MSNBC, hey, I got an I got a half hour. Uh, you know, you got an open spot for me? <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Is anyone there? They hang up on you. <laughs> Well, you uh, how know, about Oprah. Oprah's mm-hmm. another perfect example. You know, you've got to be one of them. Yeah, okay. exactly. You know, I think. You know, no, I don't think. I know that for the most part, uh, black folks, um, and and this is just my observation after you know being on this planet for fifty years as of this January, and and observing things uh, to the point where I, I, I get an understanding. Most black folks have an inferiority complex when it comes to whites, when it comes to other races. Um, you know, from to my mind, there is no rational reason why black folks should be down on Jews. And you know what? I grew up. In, a, in an area and in an environment in Chicago where the Jewish people were the enemy of blacks. And I, when one reason for that, as far as I can tell, is because the Jewish people stuck together. They worked hard together. They educated their children. They did whatever it took to keep their families together. They, were a, they are a together people, and blacks aren't. So they look down on them as being, well, like like you know whatever the stereotype was and further black folks want other races to care about them you see the 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 republican party doesn't go around saying we care about you we care about your children we care about your welfare we care about the water you drink we care about how much cholesterol you're putting in your body we care so vote for me because I care when they really don't give a damn at all. They're just trying to acquire power. You know, there's a reason why Kanye West uh, proclaimed after shortly after Katrina that George Bush don't care about black people. Those are his exact words. Quote, George Bush don't care about black people, end quote. Why is it that black folks want 
other races to care about them. It shouldn't it shouldn't matter one way or the other. But there's this perception that Republicans don't care. So now whites who uh, who, uh, who are mostly Klansmen, uh, Senator Robert Byrd, one of the most famous Klansmen uh, 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 in the Senate, Harry Truman, a former Klansman, all these folks were – well, they pretended to care about black people. So let's just go ahead and take a moment and run a clip by another famous or rather infamous blog talk host who has a show on blog talk radio. You may recognize the sound of his voice. I'll go ahead and play his clip because it's rather humorous. Now, as a public service to the human race, the Black Sphere presents Great Moments in Democrat Racist History. That racist Democrat FDR passed the torch to Harry S. Truman, the mild-mannered haberdasher from Missouri. For you liberals, haberdasher is a person who sells clothes. We are taught that Truman saved thousands of American soldiers' lives when he ordered the dropping of two atomic bombs on Japanese citizens. Historians now know that Truman was given the news that Japan was ready to surrender after the first atomic bomb. However, Truman decided that he needed to drop the second bomb in order to show the Soviets that America indeed had more than one bomb and to keep the Soviets intimidated. Some may argue with this tactic since it cost over 80,000 Japanese lives, and these were the lives of non-combatants, as the liberals would be quick to point out had Truman been a Republican. Had Truman been a Republican and knowing what we know today, liberals would likely want to prosecute him for war crimes. At the very least, he would have been accused of being a racist, hell-bent on killing innocent Japanese in the unleashing of the second atomic bomb on Japan. But that would be a ridiculous thought, given that Truman was a Democrat. A Democrat couldn't be a racist, or could he? Harry Truman was a member of the Missouri KKK. That Democrat organization started in 1865. Truman, like most racist Democrats, saw the Klan as a necessary rite of passage to get through the ranks of the Democrat Party. It's what you know. Now deal with it. Tune in next time for another edition of Great Moments in Democrat Racist History. All right, so we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report and here with my co-host, Cool Mike, who will be taking over the show for me in just a couple of days. Mike, what do you think about that? (laughs) I think that, that there's such a blind double standard, Doc, that let's say, for example, we're going to play pretend. Let's say that we had uh, Maxine Waters. I, 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 love, I love that lady. Mm. Let's mm. say she's tri-hosting with us. It's almost hard to tell she's wearing a wig, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Doc, <laughs> um, <laughs> what a low blow. All righty. Um, with that being said, she would – okay, Maxine, what was your response? She would argue with you to no end, basically – uh, you just twice now or three times during the show you've already proven history, and she would uh, she has successfully already um, she would have an awful lot of people arguing and disagreeing. That's not true. That's misinformation. Mm-hmm. That isn't true because uh, they've played with history and they've altered the educational system 
to the point to where is what you just said we know is fact. Yeah. Uh, can you can you imagine had Ronald Reagan been president then and dropped the second bomb? Uh, the bottom line is that th- there's something sweet about the Democrats because there's an awful lot of untruth told about the Democrats. Yeah. And the bottom line is that uh, Eisenhower, who was before uh, JFK, uh really led a lot of the civil rights movement into the JFK administration. Mm -hmm. And after JFK was assassinated, God knows why, but he was assassinated, and then, as you mentioned, about President Johnson. Um, There's very, very little strong evidence of any Democrats really reaching out to to, to the black community of improvement other than throwing money their way uh, without any kind of uh any kind of uh business plan or leadership or mentoring it's almost as if they throw it there and say fight amongst yourselves for the dollars to create more chaos uh you know amidst the tribe and one of the problems that i think an awful lot of uh um successful black democrats have with the jewish community is that when they found themselves in the same situations of being discriminated and persecuted and redlined by banks, they formed their own grocery stores, their own co-ops, mm-hmm. they grew their own foods, and they became successful at doing um, what many black leaders have been prohibiting or roadblocking other black communities from doing. And Barack Obama is a perfect example of I pointed out last year he was speaking at Booker T. Washington High School, and he stood up among all these graduates and said, many people don't think a school like Booker T. Washington could be successful. Mm -hmm. Who in the hell on this planet ever said anything like that? (laughs) Nobody. Basically, once again, he's poisoning the the young kids with this kind of medicine. So when we come back, if they mm -hmm. were on the line or they were the third caller, Doc, he'd be saying, no, that's not true, Doc. That's not true. I learned this in school. And yeah, exactly. That's the answer. You're you're exactly right. It it is amazing to me how uh you know, Democrats seek to revise history. And to what end? We're going to figure this out at some point. You know, when I was a kid, Mike, I grew up to revere uh the lady who sat on the back of the bus, who sat up uh, who sat on the bus and who refused to give up her seat. Do you know the name of that lady? Yeah, Rosa Parks. Exactly. And she was, and I was told that she was a courageous black woman who ushered in a new era for black people, and that uh, her courageous act, her self-sacrificing act, she could have been lynched, she could have been thrown in jail and languished there for days at a time, but yet she chose to stand her ground. And she should be revered as being uh, the catalyst for the modern civil rights movement. But and and I and I and I and I you know what, Mike? I I believe that. Right up until about three years ago, when I learned the truth, the truth is there were two other women who had no backing from the NAACP, none, mind you, who refused to give up their seats because they were tired and they didn't feel that it was right for them to work all day, get on a bus, and give up their seat. So they refused and they were promptly carted off and thrown in jail. But those ladies didn't fit the 
image needed. So they were, you know, they, they spent two, three days in jail, were afraid for their lives many times, afraid they'd be raped or beaten. Eventually they were released. But those folks in the NAACP got wind of this, and they figured, well, wait a minute now. This is just what we need to establish a bus boycott. So they looked around, Mike, and they saw this matronly woman, light skin, good hair. She's just kind of sitting there typing because she was working part-time at the local NAACP office as a secretary, and a light bulb went on. And they said, well, we'll use her as our rider, our bus rider. And so they put her on the bus. They called a local news organization. They got a lawyer, Mike. I don't know if you know this or not. They got a lawyer. They had her bail all ready to be posted. And the whole thing was staged. And so in all reality, the two women who are now lost to history, one of them living in Detroit, in Michigan, uh, uh, recently moved from uh, New York to, to Detroit, uh, there, nobody knows their names except maybe me and, and maybe a few other people. But Rosa Parks got all the credit for being the courageous woman who set the spark for the civil rights movement and the bus boycott when actually the whole thing was staged. And people complain about that moon landing being staged. But this this event was really staged. Now, a lot of folks will say, Mike, that, well, it doesn't matter whether it was staged or not. Now that you found out, you know, it got the job done. Yeah, but it was it was faked. It wasn't real. Well, a lot of things by the NAACP isn't real, uh, especially the fact that they don't brag too much when they come to the aid of these so-called poor minorities being prosecuted. They don't talk about how purposely they lose cases so they can martyr the victims. Yeah. And uh, the NAACP is that helps them get donations and expand and expand. And they don't they don't talk about those kind of things. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> I'm sure your show isn't loved too much by many of them either. No, no and, doubt. You know, the, um, a quote I wanted to uh, read, it mentioned uh, that this was from a newspaper. It's one of the reasons I really liked uh, I, I really liked Eisenhower. And uh, let me read this. It says, on the heels of the Supreme Court decision outlawing racial segregation in the public schools, the GOP, for those who don't know, that's the Republican grand old party, mm-hmm. declared this act was typical of a healthy climate as General Eisenhower and his administration went into the convention. As for the Democrats... The National Committee noted that Democrat turmoil, their division over this matter, has prevented real civil rights progress for over 20 years. In the meantime, in the 17 months of the Eisenhower administration, seven significant developments have occurred on top of segregation in the schools, in the Army, as well as making it illegal to refuse to serve a person of any discretion for color in restaurants of fine dine. Bang. There you go. Boom. There it is. You know, what What I find also interesting, Mike, is that Truman signed a lot of civil rights acts into law, which had no teeth. He had no intention of enforcing the laws that he put into play, just like Johnson had no intention of enforcing those laws. 
The interesting thing here is that history repeated itself. Uh, Truman, who was a Klansman, and it's a fact that he indeed was, said, we're going to do this so we can get their votes. We want blacks to go out and vote, and we want them to vote for us, so we'll make this move. But the move won't be enforced. So along comes Eisenhower, a Republican president, and he says, I'm going to enforce these, – these laws that uh, Truman put into place are actually going to have teeth. They're going to be effective. We're going to make them work, and he did so. Now fast forward to Johnson, who did the very same thing that Truman did, took a, took a play out of Truman's playbook uh, and did the very same thing. And then Republican Richard Nixon comes into office, and he puts teeth into those laws and has them enforced. But neither – Neither Eisenhower nor Nixon get any credit whatsoever. It's Johnson and it's Truman. And, you know, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing and because it's just a little knowledge. You know, you got you to gotta get the whole picture. And a lot of black folks simply don't have the whole picture. Blacks are more concerned at this time with getting something for nothing or getting what they believe is owed to them that they will vote Democrat even though the Republican Party stood by blacks for the last 200 years and, and promoted uh, 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 black liberal liberation. And 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 and, but but by saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to go ahead and take care of you, because really we can't afford that. And who and why would you want us to? But we will give you the tools. We will help you to succeed by making sure that you're free to do as you please. Well, for a lot of blacks, that's just not good enough. They believe that they're owed something. You know, it's not enough for America to leave me alone. You have to give me something for my trouble, which brings up the point of reparations, Mike. Blacks are still asking for that 40 acres and a mule. I heard somebody ask about it just a couple of days ago. Are you kidding me? $250,000 in gold. <laughs> are they asking for that too? Well, I, I saw the guy's name was Brock. You have to look it up online, but... He was on a television show, um, and that's what he said, uh, $250,000 in gold. The weird thing is is that later on in this program, he acknowledged that every human being in, Ameri in the United States has some black in them. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if that's the case, I want my money. I'll take it in cash. I don't need the gold, but give me the money. But, I mean, yeah. that's just ridiculous. I, I, I mean, so, okay, Doc, let's just say for argument's sake, uh, these people who are pissed off, and keep in mind, an awful lot of black people in this country have contributed in the military. They're very prideful people. They don't. Yeah. They want nothing to do with these losers. But okay, so this person hates us because of whatever. We give them the money. Does that mean now all of a sudden they like us? Now America's the land of opportunity. And you know, does this make uh, your political views? Uh, are you less of a house Negro because <laughs> now he got his money? Uh, you know, it doesn't hold water, Doc. It, it doesn't. It doesn't at all, Mike. But here's the thing: uh, Democrats 
you know, they'll say that, you know, we care for the welfare of all people and a lot of the policies we put into place are to help everyone. And, you know, especially those poor blacks who, you know, really have had a hard time. We really need to focus on how best to take care of them and make sure that, you know, justice is served here. When really, it doesn't really matter at all. It's as if most African Americans are simply sheep who are following. They're following the what, whatever it is that they can get for free. And and to me, I find it to be extremely appalling because, you know, blacks are, for the most part, a proud people. And, and, and for the most part, very conservative when it comes to social issues. But it seems like it seems as though history has been lost, and I, I don't, I can't imagine how many black people do not know how the Republican Party was started and why. You know, I've heard, I've heard scholars talk to me when we've had uh, discussions uh, in faculty meetings at colleges that I've, I've lectured at and all of that, who say, "Well, yeah, Lincoln freed the slaves, but he really didn't want to." You know, he only did it so he could get this or he only did it so he could get that. Or he only said that he said that if he could save the union and by keeping all the slaves slaves, he'd do it. And if he could keep, you know, if he could uh, if he could not free the slaves, he wouldn't. If he could, he'd free them all. You know, they're, they're parsing history in my mind. They're, they're just putting it one way or the other when actually the Republican Party was started with the express purpose of all men being free, slaves included. Now, we have a caller on the line, Mike, so let's see who it is and get their take. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones uh, situation report with my uh, co-host, um, Cool Mike. Man, you already know what my take is on this, Brother Jones. Uh-oh. Hey, Cool Mike. Here, Here it is. is. Here we go. Uh, Doc, I'm going to have to uh, have Sarge a couple times uh, for the co-host when I take over for you. Sarge and I have some great shows together. <laughs> but go ahead, Sarge. Floor is yours. Yeah, hey, I appreciate the sentiment there, Cool Mike. Uh, it's, i I got to admit, it is certainly stimulating when, you're, when I'm on with you. I will agree. But, Doc, you are, the, you are, you are just the creme de la creme, sir. And like, uh, Thank you. You're Thank covering you. this subject tonight. It's so vital, so important. Look. Reparations is nothing but a cultural Marxist wealth redistribution scheme. Yeah. Now, just, now, I, now, let's understand this. I, I'm talking about the uh, uh, the impetus behind it. It's cultural Marxist wealth redistribution. Not all the people who are involved on it are cultural Marxists. Many of them are pan-African nationalists and African cultural nationalists and nationalists of various entities, and they don't even consider themselves necessarily Marxists even though much of their uh, inspiration and their logic is. But at the bottom line, the people who really push it, I, 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 to, to a certainty, you look at people like Randall Robinson and um, uh, what's this other guy's name that was involved with this, with Africa or something else. All of them have affinities yeah. with the left or the new left or lie mm-hmm. with the left or work within the past. The cultural Marxist wealth redistribution scheme. And I think what we have to talk about at some point is the extent to which the modern-day civil rights movement was influenced by socialists and outright Marxists and many times communists. Yeah. And we cannot talk about why it has taken the path it has taken without bringing that up. Now, you see, 
to bring it up in the past was discredited because, you know, many of the people, frankly, even though they did so truthfully, uh, when they associated uh, a communist with many people, key players, in fact, in the civil rights movement, who were, in fact, communists. And, in fact, some of them had Soviet handlers from Moscow. Many of them, unfortunately, were also personally repellent mm-hmm. uh, on a personal level. As a result, the very idea of even valid criticism of many civil rights leaders became became entangled with some very discredited and personally reprehensible people. Didn't mean what they were saying wasn't true, but you know it, it got to the point where you can't even, you know, you can't bring up the legitimate criticism of the modern day civil rights movement and its association with socialist, communistic movements, and also seeing the way it has metastasized, what is metastasized into today. You can't do it without being tarred and feathered with the brush of these terrible people. When in reality, the criticism should be able to stand by itself. I mean, you know, why, why constantly advocating for socialist, statist positions? Because socialism, leftism, and communism are statist philosophies. They, they 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 are indeed, and they fit they fit very well. You know, no matter where, no no matter what history tells us that in terms of how uh, Marxism doesn't work, uh, socialism for uh, barely works in, in some in some countries. Uh, communism simply does not work. It has failed everywhere it's been it's tried, except so far with with China. And I'm understanding that it's failing there right now as well, where they have sort of like a a pseudo uh, communist uh, situation there, where they're they're all about making. And tons of money over there, which yeah, they, uh, think they can partition it. They think yeah. partition capitalism and communism. To yeah. some extent, that's successful with the capitalist part. All of us looking more like state fascism, really, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. communism or capitalism. But they're having some success with that part of it. You, you ask the people who are living in the communist section of it, it's a dismal failure. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. It doesn't work, but yet. There's the appeal of getting something for nothing, pretty much, or denying someone else more than what you have. Uh, you know, uh, you've got more than me. We should all be equal. Everything should be equal in everybody's house, and uh, and 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 all of that. Al Sharpton is famous as saying that oh, Martin Luther King believed that everything should be equal in everybody's house. No, Martin Luther King did not believe that, unless uh, Al Sharpton was speaking metaphorically, which I don't think he was. You know, Martin Luther King did not believe in communism or socialism as he was listed as being a socialist and a communist many times. I don't believe that. You know, it, 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 I can't I can't say for sure. I wasn't around back then, you know, but to my mind, he was a Republican. And I'll go with that until, uh, you know, there's evidence to suggest otherwise. Well, I'm going to have to beg to differ with you a little bit on that. Go ahead. Doc, because I've got his book, Stride Toward Freedom. Mm-hmm. I can show you innumerable passages from that book written in 1957 where he laid out a very strong case for socialism, where he explained uh, what he saw as the faults of capitalism and Marxism, but mm-hmm. he indicated much favoritism and much uh, uh, agreement with, uh, uh, say, uh, Hegelian dialectics and uh, 
with uh, um, uh, the idea that uh, they need to find some middle ground between capitalism and, and, and communism, kind mm-hmm. of a synthesis, sort of, you know, the Hegelian thing. You know, I, yeah. I mean, it's it really, when you hear it, you, you would have to reassess your point. Remember, he wrote this book. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get people he surrounded himself with, like mm-hmm. Bayard Rustman, Hunter Pitts O'Dell, Sanford Levinson, who were outright communists. Outright communists. I mean, top leadership. And when he got on uh, on the FCLC for his uh, employing these people, he temporarily fired them until the heat got off, and then he hired them back again. <laughs> I don't think Martin Luther King was a communist. I really don't, because he was a man of God. He couldn't. He could not reconcile the atheist part of communism and Marxism. But he definitely yeah. was a socialist. I don't have any doubt about that. Well, I, I, I think uh, to, to, to and, and, he, and he called for government programs to correct the deficiencies in the black community. And he made out a very strong case for why it should be so, in his mm-hmm. own words. Well, I'm being educated here. After the civil rights laws had been passed. Uh, well, Keep I, in I, mind, too, for, for a democracy mm-hmm. or a republic, the Constitution is set up to where it will function um, like freedom if the checks and balances are in place, from the feds all the way down to the state and local. It's now a lot of the problems we're seeing is because we've given up too much of the rights to the feds, and then they hamper with what is the market, the free market, etc. So, well, you, you I mean, should have seen uh, the sort of solutions Martin Luther King was advocating for. They were very much mainstream, modern-day Democrat thinking. I have wow. no doubt had he lived, he would have been solidly with the mainstream Democrats on just about everything they want to do, including mandated health care and everything else. He's, all you have to do is read his own writings. Well, Cool Mike's going to take over the show as of the 23rd, uh, Thursday the 23rd, and uh, he'll be uh, on until uh, right around the 9th when I return. Uh, Tomorrow's show, we're going to hear from some of those famous black folks like Frederick, oh my goodness, Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Booker T. Washington, some of those famous Republicans. We're going to hear from them. Uh, yeah. from the beyond and, and, and get their take on what it meant to be Republican. And then we're going to dabble just a little bit into the constitutional history uh, uh, and how that played a part in uh, in slavery as it developed and, and what the Founding Fathers thought uh, about uh, slavery and, and what the vote was on how uh, removing the uh, – I think it was um, uh, Thomas Jefferson who put – who put in the Constitution the removal of slavery? Is that correct, uh, 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 Sarge? You're who was that a constitutional for the guy. Of Thomas who Jefferson. Was? Yeah, Thomas Jefferson did advocate for that, and particularly yeah. in the Declaration, which he was forced to take out because they didn't want any any hassle with the Southern states. And That's one of the exactly great right. stories I think about what you just spoke of, Frederick Douglass originally thought. The Constitution was an enslaving document. It was a mm-hmm. horrible document. Did have anything to say to the black man about freedom? But when he studied the history of the Constitution, he changed his mind 180 degrees. Oh he my God! You, liberty you, and freedom document. You know what, uh, Sarge? You just ruined that piece that I have, <laughs> have queued up for tomorrow. <laughs> well, you got to go into detail, though. That'd be better. You see his thinking that why, why in fact he turned around on it, and his thinking that caused him to change. That's a wonderful right. story, I think. Indeed. Guys, we have just 40 seconds left. I want to thank Cool Mike for surprising me by sitting in. Cyber City came in the house. Casanova Frankenstein. Sarge is here. It's all great. We had a great show. Time is running out, so I want to thank everybody. Uh, come back tomorrow because we're going to finish this up before I leave out of town. 
Thank you very much for being here. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. I'm out. Try not to get worried. Try not to turn on to problems that upset you. Don't you know everything's all right? Yes, everything's fine. And we want you to sleep well tonight. Let the world turn without you tonight. If we try, we'll get by, so forget all about us
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.